0: The Water Cooler is a live storytelling event performed monthly at Bats Theatre in Wellington. This month's theme was I Know What You Did last summer. A small reminder that the stories were recorded live, so the language and themes may not be for everyone. Our storyteller, Lucy Jane Revel, is a writer and policy advisor. She was born and raised in Wellington, New Zealand. Lucy blogs about Wellingtonians and Wellington life on her blog, theresidence.co.nz. This is her story. Can I please get you all to put your hands together for Lucy Jane Revell. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome Lucy, come on over. Okay. So this is Lucy and Lucy works for the
1: Ministry of Justice.
0: Ministry of Justice.
1: Civil War and Human rights. Ooh. Human, rights. Human rights.
0: Human Rights. Good, we need those. <laughs> um, and also, Lucy writes for a blog called The Residents, which she interviewed me on. And then I was like, "Hey, I like you. You come and work for me." <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm very very excited. About it I've also kind of known Lucy a bit throughout the years. Eh? Just drunk in the heart yeah, a we got bit. drunk in the heart a couple of times. Um, and so yeah, what's kind of what can we expect from you tonight with your little? With your so my
1: my story tonight, Alice is like when you are at school and you feel like such a loser because the girls aren't inviting you to their mm. party, you're not mm-hmm. friends with the boys. the Scots boys aren't even <laughs> worth looking at, and you're like, what's, what's there for me? And then you get a job and you meet someone, you realise I can be friends with people of different ages. That's great. That's and it's like good. this whole mind-blowing concept and about that. finding those heroes in summertime.
0: Ooh. Sounds good. Mm. All right, so let's just fit you, fit you up. You, you good? You good Thank there? You. Yep. Okay, good. All right. And do you want to take that? No, okay. I'm I'm that.
1: That. Thank you, everyone. As just a precursor, so I'd like to add: um, do try and check out my blog. It's www.theresidence.co.nz. It's about Wellingtonians and Wellington life. It's my second go. I did a first go in two thousand and twelve. But everyone knows about bloggers. You start, you do a couple of posts, and then you kind of get occupied by other stuff. So. Um, this is kind of me going, hey, I'm um, giving it another shot. But this is a story about Wellington. If you're a Wellingtonian, I'm sure you can relate to it. We don't have a beach summer culture in the same way that somewhere like Tauranga does. You know, you don't go down to the beach at Oriental Parade and just, like, strip off in your speedos and you're like, yeah, see me. Because it's cold and you get, like, fribbled. <laughs> it's, it's tough. But um, let me start the story because this is a story that will be a little bit different from everyone else, as I expect. It's a story about finding your heroes. I'm not a child of summer. I'm a child of winter. But I always wanted to be. When I was young, I looked for someone to put on a pedestal. I was looking for a hero. That hero was summer. Summer meant you were cool. You had a nice tan. The sun shined on you. So when a guy in a flat cap told me when I was 17 that I didn't seem 17, I felt like summer changed me forever. Kids became cool in summer. I'm 15. I dream of some of the way I see it in a Coca-Cola ad. The flat stomach, the red bikini, lots of friends surrounding me. I feel like summer is a popular person in high school who I just want to be friends with but isn't interested in me. My parents tell me when we're driving far north for the summer, well, you'll make friends on holiday. There's heaps of people up there. It's Christmas Day. We're driving 12 hours in the car and all we have is egg sandwiches. (laughs) Uh, I try and console myself by thinking I might turn into a beach babe. What a story that would be for term one. I am Billabong. (laughs) But all I find when I get there is empty paradise. I find it an isolated kind of summer, full of promises but delivering little. I want friends. I want adventure. I want boys. Heck, I'd even settle for a horse round ride ride around the back paddock if somebody let me. Instead, I walk at midnight down to the deserted beach in my best miniskirt and I call my friends from the waterfront alone in the dark. They're all celebrating uproariously in Wellington, having the time of their lives on Oriental Parade. I want to tell them exciting tales, tales of adventure. Instead, the highlight of my summer has been going down to the fish and chip shop and watching the guy roll scoops of ice cream with his bronze tanned arms. Then things get worse. The girls at school start to mutter things I haven't heard of before. But in time, I know their real meaning. Words like papamoa, the mount, (laughs) camping. I know what these words really mean to me. They mean solitude, being left behind, not part of the gang. But even though I may have lied and told them I kissed a pro surfer once, I never get invited. The words of Brittany ring in my ears. I'm not a girl. But not yet a woman. <laughs> that year, I clocked Snake on my 2280, pretending to text back to invitations that never came through. I blocked out Summer and I spent my time in the dark playing The Sims 2. <laughs> the next year, I am 16. I get a job at a supermarket. I have money in my back pocket and I meet a friend, Patty. She will be my friend. She will be my hero. She's 18. We work at the bakery together. And she's lived in New York. She is my first summer hero, an archangel of music and psychedelic art. And most importantly, she likes me. We spend hours drawing portraits of Lou Reed on the bakery bags in between baguettes and fitness loaf. She tells me she took magic mushrooms once and thought her boyfriend was dead. I basically have to acknowledge this is the coolest story I have ever heard. <laughs> Patty suggests that we swap mixtapes. I don't want to tell her that my iPod is a mix of pink Avril Lavigne, very old Eminem, and who can forget Evanescence. <laughs> I decided to burn a CD from a UK music magazine for the contribution to The Swap. It has a respectable mix of Death Cab for Cutie and Wilco. The CD was from an issue called Summer Gold. (laughs) In return, she gave me Janis Joplin. She gave me Bob Dylan. She gave me The Velvet Underground and Devandra Barnhart. Suddenly, I was awakened to a whole new genre I never had heard of. In 2006, as far as I was aware, there was basically only indie... Uh, sorry, there was only basically emo, rap, and pop. This was something called indie. I had never heard of indie. Hipsters didn't exist back then. In fact, I didn't know anyone with a beard who drank craft beer. <laughs> what? At the, how the times have changed. <laughs> I kept that mixtape from Taddy, and it spoke to me for years. I want you, Bob sang. I want you. I want you. So bad. I wanted someone to want me, but most of all, I wanted me to want me. Patty left and faded as summers do. A few years on, I and I had moved up in the world. Surfers are no longer cool. It is at this time when girls are stealing their sister's fake IDs, to go to the establishment at the weekend. (laughs) I met my main summer hero, Jackie. I am 17. She's 22. We work together at a fashionable clothes shop in town. On the day I start work, she looks incredible. Her eyes are made up in a blue, smoky eyeshadow. Her hair is cut in a modern bob. She wears a Jackie Onassis-style blazer and matching skirt and the biggest smile. Hello, she says. She gives me a nickname, Goosey. I feel the sunlight beams on me at last. And she asks me to her 23rd birthday party and I think I will just die of happiness. I ask my friend Hayley to come with me because she is the only one who is cool enough who can handle this in this kind of circumstance. Haley, will you come with me? I ask. Sure, she says, like she does it all the time. The party, as it turns out, is even cooler than I thought. It is in Newtown. I have never been to a party in Newtown. When we arrive, Haley recognises one of her brother's friends outside on the porch and starts talking to him immediately. She greets him with a familiarity. I go upstairs. Jackie sees me and runs over. Goosey, she cries. You came! A boy in a flat cap makes chat with me. <clears throat> you don't look 17, he says. I die again. <laughs> Suddenly, not being out on a fake ID at establishment... Or going to Rhythm and Vines or Baywatch seems like a big deal at all. That summer, I dwell in the happiness of feeling protected by a prodigal sister. When that boy in the flat cap never calls me back, it doesn't make sense. But Jackie tells me, these boys, they all think they're Casanovas. Suddenly, I can brush off the hurt with rhetoric and poetry, I stay with her and her flatmate who works at Sweet Mother's Kitchen uh, (laughs) over summer in the daytime I work the shop floor I find myself living off apples, vogels and beer I lose my puppy fat I wear makeup properly for the first time one day I've got four hours to kill and I just have a sleep in Civic Square (laughs) my cool does still have its limits though When everyone gets together for New Year's Eve, they do lines of stuff, but I play it safe and I take six (laughs) (laughs) The only downside is the next day my pee is, like, dark brown. (laughs) I look at the photos on Facebook from way back then and I see that girl with the blunt fringe and a dotty play suit. She is so much more uncertain than she lets on. I got away with it anyway. And I found summer in the city. But the cool girls, they don't have it all figured out. This was the time when I learned that perception is not reality. And reality can be tricky. When Jackie wakes in the morning, she's often exhausted. Some days she can be so low. But she always puts on a brave face for me. She explains life in matter-of-fact terms. She explains why she feels like she does, but never in a way to worry me. And over time, I am the one giving her advice, her care and comfort. I preempt every piece of advice with, well, I'm 17. I don't really know much, but... But she listened. Being listened to is what made me feel like I was being seen for the first time. Jackie moves to Melbourne. I go see Jackie. She's still putting on her brave face for me. But it isn't great. She's tired from her two-hour commute every day from work. She's going out late every night with her hospo boyfriend. She still loves me, though, like a little sister that she didn't have. I came over that year with my boyfriend at the time, and she takes us to all the cool bars in Melbourne. Even when she has other friends around, she takes care of me first. She holds my hand on the tram. My boyfriend of that time, he never held my hand the way that she did. Time passed, summers came and went. Dreams changed. A few summers on, she's back in Wellington. She tells me she's opening a shop. They put paint on the walls and buy stock from all over New Zealand. That year, I find myself back on the brink. I'm finishing university, but I'm failing. I break up with my boyfriend. I walk out on my parents after a rowdy fight. I ring Jackie from a flat in Arrow Street where I'm imbibing whiskey with far too much abandon. Jackie, I ask, can I stay just for a little while? Stay as long as you want, she says. I stay 10 days. As time went on, we stayed close, but the new business, and new boyfriend, they took over. I am no longer 17. I am no longer the baby. Suddenly, I'm 23, the same age as my hero. Or at least the same age I will always remember her being. I couldn't reassure her with my childhood innocence anymore. All summer's end with a great sunset. When Jackie got married this year, I was 26. I went to the wedding. I looked around at the faces. And while I know many of them, I don't see anyone except for family who I can trace back to when we first met, me and Jackie. I wonder where all those people have gone the people at the party, the people from Melbourne, the faces I knew who had accepted me when I wanted more than anything else just to be accepted, when I needed heroes. The garden, where the reception is held as green, flowers bloom. They dance all night to Bob Dylan and Janis Joplin and the Velvet Underground. I saw Jackie standing slim and tall in her 20s style wedding dress. She smiled on others now. After a few drinks, even though I know he's not there, I look around at the faces again just to see if the boy in the flat peaked cap could be hiding somewhere. Of course, he wasn't. So I danced on my own, on the stage set up, above and amongst the crowd. The heroes had changed and so had the pedestal. But I didn't need a hero anymore, I had me. At least, I think to myself as I spin around. I know more than I did last summer.
0: If you've got a great story to tell or would like to hear previous episodes, you can visit us at thewatercooler.co.nz. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. This episode is produced by Alice Brine, that's me, and also hosted by stand-up comedian Alice Brine, who is also me. So make sure you get to the live show and come and see the magic happen. This show would not be possible without our founder and director, Sarah Finnegan-Walsh. Special thanks to Radio New Zealand and The Wireless for their continued support. This podcast was brought to you by New Zealand On Air. Join us next month for more stories from The Water Cooler.